0: Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. Now, if you're interested in a degree in creativity, then Murdoch might be the place for you to go. They have radio, they've got journalism, they've got game design, they've got arts, they've got anything you want to learn or you want to think about, you can come here and find out how to do it. Maybe you want to make a podcast, maybe you want to make a video game, maybe you want to do a podcast video game hybrid thing. Well, murdoch.edu.au Forward slash arts is the place to go if you want to learn more. Murdoch uh, University School of Arts proudly supporting Pixel Sift. So if you want more information, you want to support the people who support us, murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni and joining me on the show today is Fiona who has been doing a sterling job Hosting the show, but she's in the co host chair today. Hello, Fiona.
1: Hello, welcome back. It's been a while since you've been on that side of the desk. I know,
0: it has been a while, but I'm here uh, and we're getting excited for episode 121 of Pixel Sift. So, if you've never tuned into Pixel Sift before, Pixel Sift is a podcast that uh, looks at indie games and the issues that surround it, and f- people who play games, who make them, all of that sort of stuff. Each week we dig into that to find out a little bit more. And each and every week we talk to a developer about the game that they are making. Our uh, uh, guest this week is Greg Jaminovich from Marineverse. They've made a game called VR Regatta. Greg, thank you for coming on the show and joining us this week.
2: Thank you, Gianni, for having me. Uh, really excited to.
0: So, be here. <clears throat> well, we're excited to learn more about your game, but we've got another topic to discuss. There's a lot of politics around at the moment, Fiona. Mm. What's the first topic that we'll be talking about on the show?
1: So, we'll be taking a closer look at the return of the Australian Interactive Games Fund and what that means for the Australian indie development scene.
0: Well, it's going to be pretty exciting. Could be pretty exciting. We don't mm. know what's going to happen on Saturday, but we're going to find out. Let's jump in, shall we? Pixel Siv! It's
1: not Pixel Siv.
0: It's Pixel Sift.
2: Pixel Pixel Siv! Tough.
1: The Australian Interactive Games Fund was a program launched back in 2013 and they set aside a budget of 20 million AUD to support the development of Australian games. Sadly, it was axed in 2014 with the change of government. But however, with the election coming up, the Labor Party has promised to bring it back if they are victorious in this weekend's election. So that's pretty exciting. And this time they're offering, uh, to, well, they're hoping to bring back it so it's 25 million. Budget, not twenty million.
0: Yes. Yeah, so interestingly enough, this was a, a policy that was in place uh, by the previous Labor government. It was part of their creative to uh, course or kind of creative funding package. Um, and when there was a change of government, it was one of the first things to be cancelled um, after that change of government. In the first budget, it was gone. Um, interestingly enough, for this particular fund, the Australian Interactive Games Fund, um, it was administered by Screen Australia. They were the company that actually, uh, or the government organisation that gave out the money. Um, they gave out money to the tune of about one, one year of the program, that's about it, um, and it has already paid back in that time, in that one year, it had already paid back the money that it had given out. So it was already at cost neutral, um, and, and it was due to run for another couple of years after that, um, but it got cancelled before that. So there are a number of companies who, who got um, some funding as part of, of this. Um, they received funding and support. Can you tell us some of the companies that we would know that were part of this initial funding program. Yes,
1: so there was lots of different companies including SMG Studio and one of them actually said that in total they received $300,000 and they repaid half or more than half of that pretty quickly. So that was it's pretty I amazing. I think they said thing. they paid
0: 10 times that, didn't they? They paid 10 times back in taxes already.
1: Yeah. Um and then other company, other game studios that were also included was Defiant Development who made Hand Fate and we've spoken to them, Flat Earth Games, Tin Man Games, Love Shack, The Voxel Agents, Iron Helmet Games, so many more, that, especially that we've had on the show here, and they've gone and made some amazing games from being offered this money and being helped out.
0: Now, Greg, I know we're having a slight issue with sound here, but we're going to try our best to see how you go. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what this sort of support would mean for a company like yours?
2: So essentially, uh, Marinverse received similar grant from a local state government uh, from Fin victoria and uh, I know exactly, I guess, uh, what sort of impact uh, it can have. And uh, it's a unique program we have here in Victoria, and having something like that uh, you know, in, in the whole country would make uh, the same opportunities available to everyone else. And essentially, it let us explore something very uh, unique and creative, which would be very hard to find uh, otherwise uh, without the government support.
0: Um, but yeah, as you said there, Greg, it uh, sounded like it was. It it allows you to invest in a, a bunch of new technologies and a bunch of new people that you probably wouldn't be able to to normally invest in.
2: Yes. So basically, we work in, in uh, like the Argata is uh, you know project in virtuality space, and that's very innovative and unproven and. and convincing someone to do something like that, especially in the space we work in, which is, again, sailing, so it's quite a specific niche. It It's really hard to uh, pull it off and, 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 you know, commercial partners to, to do it uh, on its own, whereas uh, even if it's a good good idea and, and even if people will love it, whereas with uh, government funding, I guess, uh, we as a team were able to, you know something much more something very risky and it off and we we're able to not only like work on it ourselves but also bring in um from from others right so we worked for example with uh, amazing sound designer uh we worked with uh amazing marketing company uh lumi consulting that's i think you had someone uh, on the show two episodes ago uh And all that support that uh, we were able to bring into uh, VR Regatta was only possible because we got uh, that trust and initial resources from uh, from government. So it was really game changer for us, really, being able to get access to that sort of funding uh, without any strings attached.
0: Um, Fiona, can you give us a bit of an idea of what this plan is going to look like, and and also the Greens are, are bringing in a policy as well that they want to make a support for this program as well.
1: Yeah, so the Greens are very supportive of wanting this in, but they back in two thousand sixteen they actually proposed a similar sort of uh, funding, but instead it was a hundred million dollars. Unfortunately, that didn't get through, but they're backing this up, but. We already know from just that one year of running that they it helped kickstart so many companies like Defiant. Uh, Defiant Development. I blanked there for a second. It mm. helped kickstart kick their company. League with, of
0: Geeks as well as number yeah. one um, SMG Studios. You said there. I think it's really interesting to see because in in many years and to contrast this as well, the the other uh, it's, you know particularly there would be three major parties in this election who would be mm. playing a playing a role. Um, The Labor Party, who's announced this $25 million for the Australian Interactive Games Fund, this forms part of their broader creative strategy. Um, So this is one aspect of that. Um, But the Greens have got this policy. So we we think that if uh, Green senators get elected into parliament, they would probably support Labor's policy for that to go through. Um, But the the coalition uh, at the moment do not have a... A policy for this and they in fact uh, have, have not had a policy for this for a long time and it's been something that uh, has caused a bit of uh, issue for people. Now we did ask people as well um, what they thought about this and whether they um, thought this was a good idea and whether or not it would change their vote. Um, so Roy on Facebook says, look I'm a rank and file member of the Greens so it's obvious where my vote will go. Even so, I wouldn't change my vote for games as issues like climate, poverty, social justice are more important. Uh, Lots of my fellow greenies are gamers and have a much more positive attitude towards the arts and tech funding, though, which is nice. Um, And Stephanie on Facebook says, yes, it does change my vote. Well, rather, it actually told me which parties to vote for, as I had no clue before. But the most important thing for me right now is to be able to go home. Um, As a game artist, it's hard for me to do that right now when other countries are offering more support. I went overseas straight after my studies, and I wish to have a chance to one day work in an Australian office. Um, Jono on uh, Facebook also says, uh, games development funding is awesome, but it's a long way down the list of priorities compared to, say, health and taxes and things like that. That said, if I was on the fence, maybe that could sway me. There's,
1: there's one here from Ben on Discord and it says, to, to me, it seems like a diversionary tactic from parliament. Find something that young people are interested in and passionate about and then draw the attention to that away from their non-commitment to make any meaningful change on actual big issues like climate change. So that's a different sort of angle looking at it.
0: And that's interesting because we did hear that quite a lot um, about uh, from people saying that, um, saying that actually other issues were more important, but it's sort of something that aligns with what they're already thinking about anyway. So it's a sort of a bonus. Um, mm. We had people like Dawnfire uh, on Discord and uh, Captain Perth, for example, um, Valk- uh, Valkyrie86 as well, and Corticus, basically saying that, yeah, it's a good policy, um, Be nice to see Australia more involved with games and actively encouraging innovation. Um, but uh, some of the issues like climate change are the ones that are really important for their vote. Now, Greg, can you tell me if uh, what other developers in and your colleagues and, and peers have been telling you about what they think about these policies?
2: Well, much discussion around the policy itself other than I guess we all excited for you know, to do more projects uh, and obviously with a more access to funding that opens up those opportunities and definitely. Keen to you know grow our small studio, uh, so really excited. One thing I was uh, reflecting on, I guess, uh, just because of my other background, I'm actually involved with a, another setup that's working on electric cars. So games are not only policy, I guess, that is being put forward by uh, you know the opposition parties, uh, Labour and Greens. They also have climate change policies. So overall, like uh, I guess. If you care about the environment or if you care about the games, I guess the, the, those policies sounds very appealing, I suppose.
0: It's definitely an interesting one. I think um, it's, it's something that people have been asking for for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it sort of seems like at this very last moment now, just before this election, to see yeah. it kind of come back, because we have had elections since, and it hasn't been a policy for... Uh, I think the Greens did have a policy to reinstate it at one mm. point, um, but the Labor Party has only just recently instituted this policy, and... Um, those-
2: do you know what – actually like, is there any obvious reason why this came up? Like, was there any, uh, like, event that triggered it or just came out out of the blue?
0: Uh, I think they had their big launch for arts funding more generally um, and there was a component of that which oh, was cool. um, the the games funding is that. So there's other arts funding including a, a Creative Australia fund which is more broadly about creativity um, that's going to be mm. a thing as well as other funding for the ABC and the SBS. The public broadcasters were also part of this announcement when it was announced. Um, so there is a, a broader range of creating and more stuff in Australia. But, I mean, it's an election, so that's probably <laughs> the main reason why it got talked about now, because they're trying to sway a few people across the line. So um, I think if anyone has any any comments to, to share about that, um, feel free to, to get in the chat there and tell us what you think. Um, I might just uh, leave you with a few more f- chats uh, from what people have said to us. Um, so. so Squint on our Discord says, look, I don't think video game funding could ever sway my vote positively or negatively outside of extreme circumstances, which will never happen. Um, if money's been putting into games, that's good, uh, but it isn't something I'm thinking about when I go to the vote. Um, and Timmer on, also agrees with Squint. For me, it doesn't really change my vote. It just really affirms who I'm going to vote for. As others have said, there are bigger issues that need solving before games funding um, becomes something that swings my vote. So- very interesting. I guess we'll have to see what happens on uh, Saturday uh, as we record this. It's only a two days away from the federal election. You may listen to this after the fact and you'll you'll know the result of the election, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens with that one. Let's jump into the next part of the podcast, shall we?
1: Hey there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there.
0: So, if you're just joining us, our guest this week is Greg Jaminovich. He is one of the developers, the lead developer, in fact, the director of a company called Marineverse. They're making a game called VR Regatta. Greg, what is VR Regatta?
2: VR Regatta is an uh, immersive virtual reality setting experience that uh, let newcomers to sailing and uh, experienced sailors get a taste of sailing uh, in their living room. That, that's, I guess, the <laughs> short gist of it.
1: So how does a VR sailing game work? Because honestly, it just sounds amazing to me. Yeah,
2: so, in, you know, in terms of VR Gata, uh, it's targeting the high-end uh, VR devices like HTC Vive or Google Street. And essentially, you have your headset, so you put it on and you are trans- transported into a... Uh, body of water you can look around and uh, it's uh, amazing islands around you are on the boat and uh, you are trapped within the space so i'm not sure like how f- all of you are familiar with uh, vr i guess but essentially you get two hand controllers so you can grab things so you can grab, uh, grab your steering device behind you which, which, which is a tiller you can uh, grab uh, a rope called uh, main, uh, main sheet, uh, with your second hand And it's kind of very close to uh, what you would do on the real boat, uh, the kind of movements you do. And then you go sailing, and uh, it's basically very immersive, very relaxing, and kind of gives you really a taste of sailing.
0: So, is it a simulator or is it a game?
2: Yeah, we're navigating a fine balance of. uh, It's kind of both, so maybe it's a lightweight simulator. I guess it's the the best way to describe it. Hardcore simulation, it is simplified and gamified in in some parts to make it approachable for newcomers. Uh, But having said that, uh, a couple of the key elements uh, that are important for a newbie sailor, you can actually pick them up, and then uh, that knowledge you gain in VR Agatha will make it easier for you to to learn uh, real sailing. So does that, that mean
0: you get like a warning just before you're about to capsize uh, instead <laughs> of just capsizing?
2: Well, yeah, uh, you actually don't capsize. And that's one of the design choices we've made where this was actually unreal. I in you would think that in real, in real life you always can capsize, uh, which is often true. But actually last Friday we went uh, on the water and we sailed on those... Uh, Boats which are used in the programs uh, to uh, share sailing with uh, like people on, on doing rehabilitation or like, di- disabled sailors. And those specific kinds of boats, they actually have a very heavy center boat uh, that makes them pretty much very difficult to capsize. Uh, and that's kind of how the boat in VR gut behaves. You, you can really capsize.
1: Uh, is there a way to, like, stop people just sailing off into the distance off the edge of the map? Because I can just imagine playing <laughs> the game, just keep going into the sunset.
2: Eventually you get hungry or you get to <laughs> <laughs> Uh but But, yeah, like, uh, the map actually is boundless, so you can keep sailing. It's just, you know, open ocean, so eventually there is not much there, but you can keep going.
0: So who is this game actually for? Is it for people who are keen sailors or is it for people who want to sort of experience sailing? As you said there, it's like the ones where they, they get people to sort of try out for the very first time.
2: Where it sits at, it's probably kind of uh, – it's not, it's not necessarily for active sailors. It, it as a vehicle to share and explain, explain their passion to you know, friends and family, but it works really well for people who never sail and are curious or for the people that used to sail are unable anymore. And that's probably where we get our strongest uh, positive feedback are, you know, people that, for example, are now in their 40s and are busy with their family and kids at home. Memory of sailing as a kid when they were like eight years old. And VR regatta and, and virtuality in general does amazing job of bringing up those memories and, and really reconnecting them to their childhood. But for someone who is 40 years old, but it's also true for someone who is 80 years old, and, and we have some users like that, where someone who might be in 50s will bring VR uh, to home back for Christmas, and will put uh, grandfather in, in his 80s uh, into VR, and you know they may have not been on the, on the boat for 20 years, and we got some amazing uh, videos from users where it's a really powerful experience for you know that grandfather to go back and go sailing again. I guess VR regatta shines as it is. Uh, Our ambitions, I guess, for virtual reality sailing are much broader, Uh, but I guess that's a different answer, a longer answer.
1: So if you're just tuning in, you're watching Pixel Sift. We're an indie gaming uh, podcast, and at the moment we're speaking with Greg Jiminovich from Marineverse about their new game called VR regatta. Now, what was one of the challenges when making an authentic sailing experience in VR?
2: Well, I guess there is a couple. Uh, if we specifically focus on the authentic uh, bit, I, it's not so issue. It's not so much an issue for people who never sailed, but for people that uh, did sail, the lack of hap- haptic feedback in uh, VR experience is something that I guess on and, and it's challenging because um, you wouldn't
0: be feeling the wind pulling against you or anything like that would you
2: all right and that bit we solved by having a, a sound so it, we are able to do quite a good job uh, by giving by letting people basically hear where the uh, wind is coming from so that's for the experienced people and for the beginners uh, we have like this ui element in the game where, where they can look up and, and see where the wind is coming from uh, so that's fine. But, but with the tealer, which is behind you, it, it, it is one of those things which is, in, in some way, it is intuitive because it's better than keyboard. But on the other hand, you're kind of waving your hands uh, you know, behind you in the air. Kind of challenging, I guess, to do, mm. uh, to do well. To reposition and, yourself. Yeah. That's in terms of the gameplay, I would say. The other one, I guess, is just deciding uh, as a team, you know, how realistic it's going to be and and what are we going to do, for example, like with water physics, because uh, technically, I guess, when you're on the boat, it's, you know, everything is moving up and down. Uh, The the boat is very dynamic, but then uh, that could lead to motion sickness um, in VR. So I guess the decision we've made uh, through iteration uh, was to make sure that the sailing experience is very flat. So you're almost like sailing on a perfect flat lake.
0: Mm. It sounds like there's a lot of different balancing acts that you had to do to make this game.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I guess that's where we are all team of sailors. So we were able, I guess, to make many of those uh, trade-offs and balancing acts and, and straight away you know, feel good by playtesting uh, on our own, whether it, uh, I guess, feels authentic or not. So that was easy. I guess what was harder was basically making the game people that never sailed before, right? Because many things you, you would think are obvious, but they're actually not. They, they, they are not obvious if you haven't sailed before. Um, and getting that right, I'm, I'm, Like I think we've got to the point where it's pretty good, but obviously it can be improved. It was many, uh, I guess, hours of of play testing, and and that's I guess the practical challenge that we run into, which is to play in in VR. Because for example, you know, I cannot just take my mobile fo- phone or laptop and go to the office and, and let everyone play my game. Mm. If I want to do that, I need to bring my whole kit, and it's like a mission to bring it and to set it up. A lot of that we've done some events, uh, but actually the actual playtests that were helpful uh, for us in terms of uh, getting the gameplay right were mostly done through the service, uh, which was basically offering recorded playtests, where you know people would play our game and they would record the first twenty minutes uh, of their experience, and then just by watching ten of them, it, it was kind of obvious where are the breaking points and uh, what we need to fix, I guess.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about that? How does how does that work? Is there just a, a bank of, of VR players ready to go, ready to test games?
2: Well, there was, and I'm kind of blank on the name. I think it was called Fishbowl VR, and it's a bit sad because I think they 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 are no longer in business. But the way it worked, uh, $500, so pretty good value, and you were getting 10 half an hour playtests, and you were able to say... What you kind of want to test for, and then um, they were working like a marketplace, right? So, and um, uh, for to order that report, and they had a group of play testers around the world with different devices, uh, different VR devices, uh, and they were offering this service, which was really, really helpful, uh, as I said, uh, for us in terms of getting the. Onboarding experience in the game right?
0: Mm. and can you tell us a little bit about your team as well? Because I, I noticed that you have got offices sort of around the world. How does how does that work, and and how do you manage a team? And it sounds like you're managing a team of offsite testers as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so. First of all, like uh, I mentioned before, that we. Uh, received a grant from Film Victoria. So specifically last year, there were moments when there was like more than, I guess, 10 people working on the project, whereas now it's back to like three or four. Uh, and we are all remote, uh, th- that's how we started. So uh, like I'm a developer and I'm based here here in Melbourne, but our 3D artist is based in in Toronto, in Canada. And that interaction was, you know, interesting because basically we need to work together, but then we have this huge time zone difference. Um, so we managed that through use of Skype, Trello, and and a all lot all of jazz. But it is definitely challenging and it's hard. And then all the rest of the team, I guess, uh, even if they were local in, in Melbourne, we probably collaborated still mostly through through Skype and, and online tools.
1: So what was the inspiration behind Marineverse? Was it because all of you have sailed in some way before?
2: So interestingly, uh, we knew that we wanted to do something in virtual reality sailing, but we weren't really, again, we thought that we actually will make a you know training tool for a sailing club or something like this. Um, so first of all, I guess we... I have a big background in sailing, and I'm also, I guess, a uh, technologist. So basically, that, uh, the initial inspiration when the project started was just combining those two passions. Um, and I was working on it, I guess, with uh, with my partner, Olga. The prototype, uh, and we put it out there in 2016, uh, basically, both Nate, who is uh, based in the US, and he's, um, I guess, a developer, and uh, David, who is... Uh, they just found out about it and, and we joined forces because they also were interested in VR and they were also they have a ex- extensive background in sailing. So what brings us together is that passion for uh, sailing and, and technology.
0: So normally, when people put their like keen interests on their resume, you were looking for people who put sailing down as a keen interest when they were applying for a job, or, or did you go to yacht <laughs> clubs and and go, hey, do you know how to uh, program for uh, <laughs> you know for VR?
2: Well, we were, we were very lucky in the early days, uh, because, you know, uh, they just got in touch. We, we didn't I- even put a job up, but these days, I mean, it's rare to find someone that has those both skills, right? You've so, got them all. <laughs> but yeah, almost uh, there's <laughs> still one, 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 one or two, Yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so it's mostly, I guess, someone that has a technical skill, you know, whether it's a 3D skill or like a marketing skill or, 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 or what have you, and then interest in sailing, right?
0: Mm.
2: Uh, we don't expect uh, everyone to be an, a, an expert in sailing, but definitely being interested and, and open to learning about it is needed, I guess.
0: And I guess one final thing that when I heard about the game, um, as someone who used to have a family who used to sail quite a bit, um, I know that it's a, sailing is quite a hobby that is expensive. You know, people have no qualms about spending $40,000 plus on a sail um, or, you know, <laughs> mm. you know $2,000 on a winder and a whole bunch of bits and pieces. Those sort of m- amounts of money – VR is often thought of if the cost is a, is a barrier, um, and was that part of the, the thinking when you were making the game? You're like, all right, we'll sell it to people who who don't think about dropping forty thousand on a sale. They'll they'll buy a Vive and a and a brand new computer so that they can jump in and play.
2: Well, quite the contrary, funny enough, because as I mentioned, uh, we started with the assumption that we'll do something for sailing clubs uh, and VR, not necessarily the game. But we, we found that uh, at least the clubs we spoke to um, in Melbourne area, they weren't really, you know, ready to jump on board with some random tool idea that, that we were pitching to them. It's that If we wanted to make it work, like trying to sell both VR, you know, a sailing experience was actually too hard even you would assume that it would be easy but it wasn't so the the choice to make a game was basically a a conscious choice to do something where it would be easy to experience what we're doing because they already have a vr hardware and and that's basically a big part of our plan today is doing something which is approachable to newcomers because then we can grow as a studio and hopefully, you know, develop our simulator to the point where it's actually becoming useful again and interesting to people that do real sailing, it, you know, as the market progresses and we have devices like Oculus Quest, uh, so those standalone cheaper devices.
0: And maybe they'll oh, use cool. it as their, um, you know, their sales pitch for getting people out on the boat, uh, you know, here, yeah, try this yeah. out. If you like this, then you come out on come out on Saturday and we'll hit the water and something totally like that, so... <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, and we've been doing that. So that means we've been actually doing with Australian sailings uh, for the last two years, and we may do it again in Melbourne doing the uh, Melbourne boat show in June. Uh, So they're very keen to do it, but they like us having, you know, taking care of the uh, VR stuff. So I guess the next iteration for us as a a business is to show uh, sailing clubs and and, you know, Australian sailings that there is enough value in doing it that they actually should do it uh, themselves as well. And then that becomes an amazing marketing tool for all the clubs that scales really well, because at the end of the day, it is off the shelf hardware and it's not that expensive. It's just you know proving and showing to users that this is actually useful, which is always a challenge with a new technology. I'm not sure if you. I remember that when I saw first people with like iPhones and, and smartphones mm. for a while, I thought like, okay, that's cool, but I don't need email on my phone. I'm using you know la- laptop. I'm right. And it's only once you realize, ah, like this is why this is a useful yeah. thing, uh, uh, then you jump on board. And it's kind of the same with VR.
0: Well, look, it's very exciting. And yeah, obviously VR is going to become cheaper. Those new devices are going to be launched out onto to the market very soon, which maybe means that people will be able to pick it up for the price of a console, less than the price of a mobile phone, actually, um, for people to buy that. Look, Greg, we've pretty much run out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show um, today and telling us a little bit about VR Regatta. Um, people can go pick it up now. You've got a brand new expansion into Arctic Waters if you want to go and check that out as well. Um, And you can just do a search for Marineverse online or VR Regretter if you want to see some more information. Now, Fiona, um, for people who want to find out more about um, uh, what we've talked about in the show, where where can they find that?
1: So you can go to, well, we do have a Discord, pixelsift.com forward slash, dot .au forward slash Discord. Almost got the Australia there. Uh, We do have a website. You can just search in pixelsift and we're pretty much the top link. We have a Facebook page, YouTube, Twitter. We're pretty much everywhere. And just search pixelsift once you
2: get there.
0: And um, thanks again, Greg, for, for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to join
2: us. Pleasure. Thank you, Gianni. Thank you, Fiona. It was uh, awesome to talk, speak with you.
0: Um, it, for You'll find links to everything that we talked about in the show notes of the episode. We've got um, uh, more information on our website, pixelsif.com.au. Um, we're going to be uh, at the Australian Podcast Awards this weekend. Ooh, uh, hopefully taking home an Australian podcast award. We'll see how we go. Um, And tell your friends, if you like the show and if you think it's good, uh, please tell them and and get them to check it out. And that's pretty much the best thing that you can do. Um, We'll see you all in two weeks' time for another episode of Pixel Sift. See you then.